The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hi, this is the bad boy, Joey Janelle, and you're listening to the Going In Raw podcast. Joey Janelle always goes in This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Going In Raw. Hey everyone, Kenny Omega here. In case you didn't know, we have an awesome kick-butt show called Stephen Larson's Going In Raw, and they're going to be supporting AEW every week amongst many other things. Goodbye and smooch. Good night. Bye-bye. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and available wherever podcasts can be found. If you're listening to us in the audio realm, leave us a rating, review, or a comment. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button. Let's try to get it up to 600 today, man. 600, the number of feet Cody fell off the top of that cage. No, something else. To to clinch that victory that over was, Wardlow. That was that cage itself was pretty crazy. That, that, was, that was a was huge cage. Absolutely. Basically hell of a cell with no roof. Oh my in goodness. In terms of the size of it. Uh, yeah, so we're going live first with our AEW review. It seems to have caught uh, the buzz bug, especially as of late. It's also a better show this week. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it, it all depends on what you like. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was a re- it was a really slam bang episode this week. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought, I thought NXT was pretty flat in relation to what they've done in previous weeks. Um, I don't know. I feel like NXT has just sort of been doing the same thing uh, without much going for it. But I don't know. We'll talk about that on our NXT yeah. review. Oh, there was some really good wrestling. There was a Jordan Devlin match. It was really good. Yeah, it was good. I'm not going to crap on NXT. But, uh, but yeah, now AEW came in with a pretty darn good show. Yeah. Uh, including that, of course, that classic cage match. But, man, I thought there was all sorts no, of stuff. Top to bottom, it was, it was exceptional stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Even the match uh, where the outcome was never really in doubt, the tag team title match. Because we knew it was going to be, especially after the Young Bucks win that battle really, you know it's going to be Kenny and, and, uh, and uh, Hangman winning that match against Lucha Bros. But, man, towards the end, it got pretty interesting. Yeah, that doesn't even really bother me. Like, I thought that I thought that match was actually really, really good. I mean, like I said, I mentioned this last week. I mean, it's rare that it's we don't really get a lot of matches like a takeover. I mean, I, you, you know, who's going to win the majority of those matches? Yeah, that doesn't really. It doesn't really suck the drama. What bo- what bothers me, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, is when a team like Best Friends come in, and it's like. These guys need a win. Can you? It was it was best friends versus SCU. Yeah, and those matches I can't stand because I'm like, okay, well I know who's going to win this, but it's not just I know who's going to win this. It's there isn't going to be any drama because they're not even going to make the best friends look all that great. You know, at I least with that. this. I, I mean, I think I think when you get teams, well, like all the tag teams are really good in AEW, but the point is, like, uh, uh, even if I know who's going to win, they can book a match in a way. That can put a, a, a scintilla of doubt in my mind that that my idea of who I think is going to win is actually going to pan out, even if it's just like a two percent little thing, um, uh, even if it's just one spot where you're like, oh, 
crap against 99% of the other teams that would have finished them off. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's all I'm talking about. Yeah. I think that my thing is I always give, like, the Lucha Brothers, for example, uh, the benefit of the doubt with this stuff. If, if they're in a match, just because I know it's going to be a highly creative match. And the finish, I know, is going to be dizzying. And that's what this was. It was a fairly dizzying finish. I loved it. I loved yeah. that finish so much. Really good. And and it's like I know if you know you're gonna get that in advance as opposed to a paint by numbers match like yeah I know that Hangman and Kenny are gonna win doesn't really bother me uh, I thought that was terrific uh, but yeah no it was it was a, it was a really good show uh, from top to bottom it's funny because like the big thing that was sort of hyped up from last week I mean I know they were hyping up the cage match and everything but Moxley versus Cobb was kind of a big deal. And that's kind of like an afterthought in this episode. Yeah. Like it really didn't. I kind of felt like the one minor missed up, and this minor is the finish of that match. I thought there could have been ways to do it to make it a little more interesting than just roll up and have a superplex. Yeah, sure, sure. It was it was definitely out of nowhere. That's yeah, for sure. Like, you know, I don't know. There, I thought a couple of things this morning. I don't know if it was really worth getting into. It's just, it happened. I was like, oh, that really? That's mm-hmm. it? Yeah. But otherwise, it's a fun match. I like Jeff Cobb a lot. Yeah. And I don't necessarily mind that he loses, but... Like if he's tasked with with softening up Mox more so than getting the win, there's a way for Moxley to exploit that to get the win. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Whether it's it's you know the meets DQ or or having uh, Cobb so intent on just you know lumping him up that Mox gets some sort of advantageous win that way, mm-hmm. where the case may be. Yeah, but I'm like, dude, just hit a superplex on you. Yeah, like, and then you roll him up at right out of a superplex. Mm. Yeah, I know. Like the rules of the rules of selling various moves in general in wrestling are all over the map. I mean, it's it's when people were clowning the Canadian Destroyer for being a transitional move or being, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, just like you not even a signature, like a standard move. And it's yeah. like, come on, man! Like that move really should be a lot. So, like, yeah, the selling for a variety of moves is just all over the map. Um, that's just sort of something you got to take with wrestling in this day and age. Uh, any event, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was a killer episode. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and kick things off yeah. though with this tag team battle Royal. I like how Justin Roberts, uh, introduced the match from the stage and all the participating teams were uh, ringside. Yeah. And then the bell rang. Most of them, not all, most of them stormed the ring to, uh, start the match. It wasn't like they were already all in the ring, just milling about. Yeah. Waiting for the bell to ring. They all had to get in the ring with a measure of uh, 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 intensity. It was like a scramble. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah. But then Dark Order, they were like, we'll wait. And XLAX, we'll wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Because they're smart. Yeah, Strategic. sound strategy. Yeah. Why? But like a face can't do that because they're supposed to go in there and fight from the beginning. Uh, Yeah, I know. You know. It's sound strategy. Makes there there is a hilarious uh, 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 argument between Meltzer and Brian Alvarez this morning oh, on gosh. Wrestling with the Radio about the whole heel face thing. <laughs> I like when they start chipping at well, each well, other. What was hilarious. the was the, the gist Oh, of I don't know. Dave is trying to tow the company line of there's no baby faces or heels, and Brian Alvarez is like, I know every, every single person I know who is a baby face and a heel. Yeah. Um, and then they were they were making a lot of fun over, though. They were on the same page with this one. I think you and I are going to be on the same page about how, like, pretty much everything, the Velveteen, the whole Velveteen Dream, Roderick Strong thing is like, Velveteen Dream is like basically pure heel in this. And Roderick Strong is like pure baby face. No, I'm going to fight this on my own. This guy literally has my wife's face on his DMBs yeah, front area. and his back area, by the yeah. way. 
And like, you know, and but Velveteen Dream is expected to be the, the face. face. I guess, cause I guess uh, in, in Dream's mind, he's justified in doing all that because the Undisputed Era threw him off a, on top of a trailer. Yeah, like six months ago. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. we're supposed to remember that. So I don't know. It's just, it's kind of funny. Like, I get it. But uh, but anyways, no, this was a fun match. Yeah, it was. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, I just wrote down all the eliminations with a couple of story beats here and there. Good. I can just run through them real quick. Uh, Jack Evans, he's first. Eliminated because he jumps off the top, gets caught by basically everybody else in the match. Yeah. And then dumped out of the ring. I liked, so as opposed to when WWE does these tag matches, one guy is out and you're done. Your yeah, team yeah. is done. <laughs> so you got one guy who's like, oh, well, I guess I'm done. There were, there were two out. changes. One is the bigger one later on, the whole you can't you win a cage match by exiting the cage. By God, I love that. I, I can't stand the logic of the cage match, escape the cage. Number one, I, the, the, there's, Whenever they try to manufacture the drama of a guy like, oh, he's hanging on the cage and somebody grabs him, it always just looks stupid. Well, the issue is like if, if, if it's simply you, you can win by escaping through the cage door, that makes sense because it's quicker. Whereas if you've been beat up and you expect that you're going to climb to the top of the cage, mm -hmm. uh, uh, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't like the idea like a cage, a cage in general is meant to keep outside interference outside yeah. and keep, keep the competitors, two, the competitors inside, yeah. inside. Yeah. So like escaping to me has always been so silly because it's like, shouldn't it just be both guys start bolting to the top of the cage and seeing who can get out first? Well, it really should be both people bolting for the door. Yeah, the or, yeah, or the door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Way, both yeah. people bolt for the door. And we've seen that sometimes. Like I think Kofi and Dolph did that in their match. They did, they did yeah. And it's like, okay, well, at least they're using some form of logic. Yeah. I really like just your, look, the cage it's not meant to be escaped. It's meant to keep the action in and nobody can, you have to confront well, the think, person think, you have I a blood wonder, feud with. I wonder if historically one of the reasons they, they used uh, escaping the cage as a means of winning in the rule book was so no one had to take a pin. Yeah, no, that could be. I mean, look, there's there's probably some pretty cool reasons why you do it. And I'm not saying there's never been. Match. Yeah, I'm not saying there's never been a good cage match where somebody has escaped by all means. But I just feel like lately, whenever they do it, it's just I don't know. Well, yeah, the the one in NXT, cool the one in NXT they did were uh, what was it? Shayna and Io. Mm. Their cage match was that the one in NXT? I'm assuming Io came off the top. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's that how right. that's how Shayna won. She escaped, and it was actually pretty dramatic because they were both at the door. Yeah, yeah. It can be done. I think it can be done. I've seen it been done. It's just to me the general idea is silly. If I see a cage, I'm thinking cage fight. These guys are gonna like yeah, you know, be something else. I mean, win a UFC fight by jumping over the top of the cage, right? I know. It'd be pretty cool. Anyway, uh, T Hawk, he is next to be eliminated uh, after a, a private party hit silly, silly string on him. Uh, Dark Order finally get in the ring. They go after SCU. SCU drops them. And then the uh, the dude, not Evil Uno, but the dude in the commercials. Yeah, do we know his name? No. Starts talking. He's like, hey, thought uh, SCU was all about brotherhood. Where's Chris Daniels at, huh? Yeah, ooh, where huh? is he? And then huh? he says, the exalted one is near. And then everybody starts tweeting out pictures of Raven just sitting there in his like yeah. jeans and like Tommy Bahama shirt. That was great. I just wish he had some popcorn. How great would it be if the exalted <laughs> one is casual Raven? I know. He's just sitting around. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Welcome to the Dark Order meeting. Yeah. He always yeah. had Kermit the Frog voice. Kind of did. Uh, and so Dark Order, they toss SCU out. Uh, Young Bucks then super kick. It wasn't Eva Luno and Stu Grayson. It was Alex Reynolds and John Silver in the match. Yeah, correct. They are representing Dark Order. Yeah. So the Young Bucks super kick them out. Uh, Scorpio Sky is upset. So he hits a flying cross body 
uh, to where the uh, Dark Order uh, contingent was sitting in the crowd. Mm-hmm. That was awesome because Arian's brawling with uh, either Silver or Reynolds. I like ramp. that the dude with the microphone, whatever his name is, the mouthpiece, I guess. Yeah. He didn't really he didn't really miss a beat. He was just like, oh, that's happening. Okay. Yeah, because he flew right past him yeah, and Evil right? Uno. Yeah. He take Evil, Evil Uno. Evil he was he was showing a little bit of emotion. The microphone guy was just like, okay. All right. I got to maintain my mystique. Yep. Uh, XLAX finally get in there. Uh, around the same time, same time, Luchasaurus kicks Shima off the apron. He's eliminated, so he's wandering ringside. And Evil Uno extends a mask to him. Mm-hmm. He takes it and looks around, looks at mask, and then wanders up through the crowd to make his leave. Yeah. Uh, Nick Jackson goes on a tear, but then he's eliminated by the Butcher. The Butcher. Uh, XLAX eliminate Private Party. Jurassic Express. Yeah, there was a lot of cool sort of stuff with Private yeah. Party going on too. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, there was. Uh, Jurassic Express eliminates An- Angelico, um, and then XLAX eliminates Jungle Boy with some help from Sammy Guevara. Yeah. He grabbed uh, Jungle Boy's ankle, I believe. Mm-hmm. So you got Butcher Blade and XLAX teaming up to eliminate Luchasaurus. They all just gang up on him and dump him out. Yeah. Uh, so then Butcher and the Blade and Best Friends, they're all brawling ringside. None of them have been eliminated yet. They all end up on the floor. Um, <clears throat> Best Friends back in the ring about the hug. And then the butcher tosses Chuck out, uh, and then Orange Cassidy helps Trent stave off elimination. That was very clever. It was clever. It was cool. Uh, Matt and Trent they team up to eliminate the Blade, um, and then they uh, continue their partnership to lay out the the butcher and XLAX, and they hug. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent's brawling with I can't remember who's brawling with on the apron. Um, Cassidy's oh butcher, and Cassidy comes over. To help Trent again. He's waiting to catch him in case he falls, but then the bunny comes over. Well, first Trent looks like he's safe. So yeah. Orange Cassidy puts his hands in his pockets. Yeah. And then the bunny comes over, gives him a ball shot, and he collapses. And right after that, Trent comes falling off. Yeah, Trent's so he, you know, he couldn't save him. Yep. Uh, Matt Spears butcher off the apron, but since he didn't go over the top rope, he himself is not eliminated. Yeah. Butcher that, is, however. That was cool. Commentary JR sort of flubbed that one, but it was. A, which kind of bummed me out because it's actually a really clever spot and it made all the sense in the world. Matt goes through the, the, the second the, the second row. Yeah. So he's not eliminated, but the butcher had already gone over. He is. Elim- yeah. That was very clever. That was good. Uh, so the last three in are Matt Jackson, Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. Uh, XLAX hit street sweeper on Matt. They're finished. Toss him over the top. He lands on the apron, not on floor. Uh, then they there's a sequence where it looked like uh, uh, Ortiz is on the apron. Um, uh, Matt sends uh, Santana into him, super kicks Ortiz out. Sammy comes jumping off the top rope. Yeah, uh, Matt Man. super kicks him. Hell of a sell by Straight Sammy. Straight to hell too. Yeah, because oh my god, he just like crumbled. It was, it was, it was like was the good. Shelton Benjamin. Uh, oh, super kick from Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Yeah. 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 Oh, beautiful. That was good. And then he tosses Santana out. He's the last one in the ring. Young Bucks win. They will be getting title shot. Nick runs back out, celebrate with his brother. We get a shot of Kenny and, and Hangman watching backstage. Mm-hmm. Again, not terribly surprising the Young Bucks won. However, towards the finish of this match, it was they really had me believe in man. So, like, I know Matt's probably going to have this sort of superhero it victory. Just, it takes a little bit of it, just but, a little bit of doubt is all it takes. And also on top of that, LAX, it's like, okay, I could totally see that being mm-hmm. a thing going into Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the Young Bucks won. Uh, Kenny uh, and Paige, like you said, were watching backstage the TV. 
Paige looked very serious, and Kenny was like, oh, okay, cool, friendly competition yeah. for these tag I titles. I did like how, we'll get to it later on, how things played out at the end of the tag title match, however. Okay, all right. I did like a little something that happened there all with right. Kenny. Okay. Good character work. Subtle, wasn't huge, but yeah. it, it, I felt like it meant a lot. Right. Quick shot of Cody and Brandy arriving at the arena with Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Short drive from their home in Atlanta. Yep. To the arena. Yep. Maybe not. Uh, traffic, from what I understand, is really bad in Atlanta. Maybe Probably. Two hours. Yeah. Next, Shanna. Hadn't seen her in a while. It's great to see her because she's really good. Been a while. Uh, in a bout against Chris Statlander. Again, someone we hadn't seen on Dynamite for uh, a number of weeks. Britt Baker was on commentary. She brought Tony a coffee. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was like the cup had his face on it. Rather than Starbucks, yeah. <laughs> and I like how Tony was written incorrectly. <laughs> yeah. T-O-N-E-Y. Yeah. Oh, that's good it stuff. It was really good. Yeah. Um, and she was pretty good on commentary. She was going on and on about how uh, Shanna, right? Shanna was uh, stalking her on Twitter. Yeah, and then JR brings up uh, uh, Statlander being an alien. You know, what, what's up with this space galaxy People were, thing? like, annoyed with that on Twitter. I thought that was actually pretty funny. I thought I thought this was one time. No, I agree with you. I think this is one time where JR seemed to be actually buying in and having fun and questioning it, but in a way that I think has been reflective of a lot of people's thoughts. You know, what is the deal with this? Yeah. And of course, Excalibur starts giving this lengthy explanation. He's like, "All right, never mind." He said, "All right, that's enough." Of and that. I really like when he asked Brit when when it came to Britt Baker, and she was like, "I don't know. I have expertise in oral hygiene, yeah, not you know Space astrophysics, stuff. yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I thought it was kind of cute to be. Well, I think with it you. plays into the, the 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 idea that he's kind of the the, the grumpy old timer yeah. on the crew as well. But I thought he was having fun with it. And come on, let's be honest, it's a super silly thing. Yeah, it is. Um, well, then they 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 have that bop off towards the beginning of the match where they keep on bopping each other in the nose. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. And then uh, start pie-facing each other. And then JR went to a thing about cake. Says, I, I prefer cake. He says, why, why does it always have to be called pie face? Why, why can't it be called a cake face? I love cake. It's like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> like JR was his banya. Yeah. I was writing a bit for him. Yeah. Why they call it Ovaltine. I chuckled at that. I, I did thought too. it was funny. The, the old man's having fun. The lid Come is on, round. Man. The bottle is round. Yeah. I should call it round tea. <laughs> That's gold, Jerry. It's gold, Jerry. Gold. So things get testy after the bop off and the pie faces. Um, we come back from commercial. Stantlander has the advantage until she goes up top. Shanna kicks her down. Hits Tria well. Double stomp gets a two. Uh, and then Shanna has the advantage for a bit. And then Stantlander pretty much just picked her up. Yeah. Powered her up and dropped her with her finish. Yeah. It was a solid match. Super it was solid. solid. It was match, a lot of fun. Yeah. Stantlander's great. Shanna's really good. Yeah. Um, and even they were having fun with the lower thirds where I can't remember exactly what Shanna's nickname oh, is, see. like the best athlete from Portugal or something like that. <laughs> okay. And then uh, 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 Statlander was the greatest or Galaxy's greatest alien or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, so their, that, their yeah. nicknames were kind of playing off each other. I yeah. That was good. That's funny. Uh, next, we had Nyla Rose title win recap followed by a really good interview with her. I thought this was rad, man. She said, unbridled power. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So she comes out and, of course, <laughs> I break bitches. That was good. That was rad. She gets a heel reaction, and she's like, this is how you greet me, your champion? Yeah. Said, You're all just a bunch of annoying bees buzzing. <laughs> yeah. And says, uh, she says, uh, winning this title was justice. I should have been the first champion. It should be my face in all the graphics mm-hmm. and all the posters. But that not happening makes me hungry. When I get hungry, I break bitches. I break bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Tony's like, "Well, you know, Riho did show a lot of courage." And I was like, "No." Grabs a mic from him. He's like, "Courage? Uh, you, what? That that wasn't courage." 
right here, this is, I represent power, unbridled power. Unbridled power. power. And says, uh, I'm the queen bee of this hive. Yeah. Oh, it was really good. That was really good. It says, she's going to be a one-time champion because no one could stack <laughs> up to her. And no one is a beast like her. Yeah. This brings out Statlander. She bops the title. Yeah. And then Big Swole comes out, steps up to her, starts talking trash. Yeah. And they start yelling at each other. I thought it was really cool, man. It was awesome. (laughs) I break bitches. That was good. And the unbridled. Like, she's almost doing, like, when she goes into that gruff voice, it's almost like McMahon. Oh, You know? It's good. I really like it. Well, she's an unbridled power. I thought, uh, was it? uh, The Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Unlimited power. Yeah, no, that was good stuff. It was great. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app. Or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Uh, Next, we had a a brief recap of Jeff Cobb joining AEW and then his match against Jon Moxley. Taz is on commentary. Taz should be on commentary all the time. Yeah, I agree. It was great that he was there to do uh, Cobb's match because stylistically there's a lot of similarities there in terms of how they wrestle. Suplex Mm -hmm. heavy stuff. And it was just cool. There was that one bit ringside where Cobb was setting up for something that I barely even noticed. And Taz was going on and on about, oh, he's setting him for some double underhook something something suplex because he had his arms right there. Yeah. Man. No, I know. He's really good. Taz is so good. I know. He should really be just on their commentary team. He's like the AEW equivalent of uh, Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. You know. In terms of knowing the technical aspects of, of, of wrestling moves down to the most minor of minutia. So like, you and I both really love Excalibur. Yeah. I wonder how much fun the commentary team would be if they if they move <coughs> Excalibur to dark, which I, I don't want them to do because I love Excalibur. I think yeah. he's great. He's young. Uh, and he, you replace him with Taz. And Taz trying to be the one to corral Jr. and Tony. Well, I thought because for this match it was Excalibur, Taz, and Jr. Mm-hmm, yeah, and I thought it was really good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, Jr. didn't seem to wander off too much off topic. And Tony's really good at the interview stuff. Yeah, he is. Like, make him just like the lead interview. He is. He is really you know, good. Slash, I don't know, whatever. He could be. He could be the mean gene of AEW essentially yeah, because totally. they actually allow him to show some and personality. They, yeah, they do. And he's a character no, involved great, in the interview. That is that is actually a really good comparison right there because that's one thing we always crow about with especially WWE. And then and it's like also you know it's, I don't know why Chris Van Vliet wasn't around that long with AEW. Yeah. Um, 
and then they had uh, uh, Jennifer Decker. Was that? Yeah, her name? she popped up from. She time popped to time. up a little bit, and they have somebody else now. I forget her name. Yeah, I don't remember her name. But either. like again, they don't. They didn't really. They were just basically standing microphones. They didn't really allow a lot of the personality in it. And that's something that's missing so much from wrestling in general on TV is that you don't really get like they do a little bit with NWA and Marquez yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But man, totally that's something much that's of missing. A focus. But Tony could totally be a mean gene. You're absolutely right. Well, I think all the stuff he's done with Brit showcases that. Absolutely. For that, sure. That, yeah. that segment where uh, he and Cody are riding oh, the limo. Great. And that story between the two was terrific. fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. Stuff like that. It really works really well. Yeah, it does. Because it's 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 you know doing this doesn't really give the the subject the interview a whole lot to play off of right exactly whereas if Tony's reactive when 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 Britt says hey Tony you were a shitty barista yeah and he looks away from the camera and goes what the f yeah totally that really intensifies what Britt just said it does and like Tony has so much history mm-hmm. that like he can bring that vibe to it that mm-hmm. Mean Gene vibe that's mm-hmm. a good point. Um, so not only is Taz on commentary for this particular match, Mox comes out. He's rocking the uh, FPOS rib tape. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That Adam Cole uh, DDP rib tape. Yeah. It's good uh, stuff. Inner circle. They come sit ringside mm-hmm. uh, near our good friendos, Burl and Jess, who were in attendance last that's night. That's right. Yeah. Send us pictures. Burl. Yeah. Yeah. They had like the prime seats right there. Yeah. Right, right by Raven. The, right, right next to the Exalted One Raven yeah. with his popcorn. Yeah, man. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, <coughs> It was a good match. Talk about the finish, though. You had a problem with it. Well, so the finish was uh, Jeff Cobb hit superplex. So it wasn't exactly as if Jeff Cobb was 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 working over Mox. He was having his way with him, so to mm-hmm. say. That necessarily wasn't the case. Mox was getting his offense, and Cobb seemed to be more or less in control, but it wasn't a one-sided affair. Yeah. Far from it. So uh, 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 Cobb goes for tour of the islands. Mox escapes that. He tries for a paradigm shift. Cobb gets out of that. Hits Mox with a huge European uppercut. Follows with a superplex. And basically right on impact of the superplex, Mox gets his legs up in, 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 in uh, small cradles Jeff Cobb to mm-hmm. get the win. Yeah. Now I kind of felt like... What would you prefer, this or... I mean, the only other thing you really could do is a straight-up wonk where the inner circle just attacks. Well, when... there's two things I thought of. It is a situation where Cobb is basically... Given everything he got, save for tour of the island, protect his finish. Um, and Mox keeps getting up. And 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 I'm sure Cobb's primary charge was not so much to beat Mox, but to soften him up. Soften him up. And so he's like, All right, well, uh, apparently, you know, trying to win the match by traditional means is enough. Uh, I'm just gonna worry about beating the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. And you can do a thing where that can go two different ways. One, uh, it, and while it wouldn't be satisfying, it wouldn't make sense where Cobb just gets himself DQ'd. Like he'd be beating the hell out of Mox in the corner. Ref steps in. Cobb's not listening to five count DQ. Or you do a situation where Mo- or Cobb is so focused on just beating the hell out of Mox that Mox finds a lane and rolls him up that way. That would have made more sense to me rather than, oh, Cobb just hits a superplex mm-hmm. and Mox can just easily get his legs up and pit him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like maybe, I don't know what the situation would be or, or, or exactly, but Cobb's in a situation where he's, you know, dropping all sorts of strikes on, on Mox, and he finds an opening, you know, rolls him up super deep, mm-hmm. escapes with a win. Yeah. So as I yeah. Say, you make it clear the situation that Cobb is so focused on simply beating the hell out of Mox rather than winning the match that it ends up costing him the match. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how much they want to try to keep. Because on one hand, you risk... Uh, 
if you give Cobb like a DQ loss because he's too busy beating the crap out of Mox, that might make Mox. I mean, that, there's the concern that you're making Mox look kind of weak. There. That's why I kind of feel like it's a situation where Cobb's so focused that he loses sight of trying to stave off defeat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you really make that crystal clear. Yeah. Um, that might have been. I don't know because then you got Cobb looking strong, and it wasn't so much that he uh, got beat on a physical level. He was just so single-minded in his mission yeah. that uh, he had taken the loss. And there's also the matter, they're not entirely <coughs> sure that Cobb is actually going to be around. Yeah, I know. Um, so it's, I mean, I understand. They, you know, the, I'm just saying in terms of the story the, of the match. The, the, logic, the logic of the superplex, you know, that's supposed to take a lot out of a person and to have the wherewithal to just roll them up immediately. 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 No, I feel you. I get what you're saying. I totally do. I, and I think there's a different way they could have done it too. Um, so anyways, as soon as bell rings, inner circle, they hop over the barricade. But they were ticket buying uh, 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 fans, essentially. They should have been uh, intercepted by security and escorted out of the building. I really want someone to do that. Wait, who, the inner circle? Yeah, they, brought, they bought tickets. They were holding up tickets. They were sitting in yeah, seats. Yeah, but with them, I kind of feel like them showing off the tickets is, I don't know. It's like, it's, it, it was never announced that they were like banned from the building. Like Sammy Guevara was there at ringside. No, I know, but they arrived, they arrived to that to that match as ticket buying patrons. And if they hop over that barricade, I feel like security should get in the way. Mm. I feel that across the board. I feel like that happens way too often where someone is a wrestler and they're like, oh, look, I bought a ticket. You can't do anything to me. Yeah. Wrestler no, in the, the ring. The thing that didn't make any sense was just SmackDown when Baron Corbin buys a ticket and he, sit, he gets on the other side of the barricade and he just sits in an office chair. Yeah, well, they, well, the inner circle, they set up chairs just for those seats. Yeah. Which yeah. doesn't make any sense either. Like, yeah. if they're going to buy tickets, well, have they're saying real seats. we made these tickets. No, Jericho's saying, I got a ticket. I bought a ticket. And the security well, dude there's checked no it. There's no ticket you can buy that they'll just set up a seat for well, you. Apparently, it's for inner circle. Those tickets don't security exist. Security guard checked this ticket. Did you see that? When they walked by security, security looked at it and goes, okay. Nodded his head. And then he bought off everybody, man. Those are, those are purchase tickets. Once he hops over that barricade, he should be apprehended by security like anybody else. No security's going to have the balls to take on inner circle. They're all going to quit. Well, I mean, he's got to get a bunch of them. Anyway, so they're in the ring. They start beating down Mox. Uh, outruns uh, Dustin Rhodes. Mm-hmm. He wants a piece of Jake Hager. Yeah, man. Uh, he's eventually overwhelmed by the numbers of the inner circle. Yeah. Uh, lights go down. Lights come up. Uh, Darby Allen mills about on stage for oh a bit. Oh, my gosh. That pop for mm-hmm. Darby Allen was mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. He is, man. Talk about maybe the person who... The, the, <sighs> the biggest disparity between how they would be using WWE... And how over they are in AEW. Yeah, man. That's got to be Darby Allen, right? Yeah. Like, well, that's what he said. He's like, I don't want to go to WWE because it would have been lost in the shuffle. He would, it would have been, it's not even lost in the shuffle. He would have been buried beyond he belief. He'd be on 205 Live. Yeah, like the weird now 205 Live when it's barely even on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be like on a tag team with, uh, I don't know, Raul Mendoza or something. Even he's got a decent spot these days with. Joaquin Wild. I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, uh, someone else uh, you know, in 205 that could have. Oh, no, he'd be in a tag team with Brian Kendrick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, the, the disparity right there, like, and he's so, like, organically, legitimately over uh, the Lucha. What's that The Lucha blog thing? Was it the Twitter account? Yeah, Lucha yeah. blog, yeah. Uh, made the comparison to Sting, which is an obvious one because of the face paint in the WCW, but it's so apropos. It's mm-hmm. so true. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's AEW Sting now, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh, Darby. He skateboards down. Yeah. 
and uh, takes gets in there. Ring, uses it as a weapon. Yeah. yeah. He starts taking everybody out. Takes everybody out except for Cobb. He doesn't notice a giant Cobb there in the corner. Or maybe he just thinks, hey, he's a hired hand to go after Mox, not me. Could be. Cobb attacks him. Tries for a German suplex. Darby flips out of it and nails mm-hmm. Cobb with the skateboard. Pretty impressive to the full flip with the skateboard. Yeah, it was rad. Uh, and then Mox hits paradigm shift on Cobb. So Jericho and Mox are the last two in the ring. They start hockey fighting. Yeah. Until Jericho just leaves. Mm-hmm. And then uh, during the commercial picture in picture, Sammy, or sorry, Darby has the the sign thing that Sammy's been doing uh, over commercial breaks. Yeah. It's pretty good. Good stuff. Uh, so next we had uh, the Lucha Brothers taking on Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page for the AEW Tag Team Tiles. Really fun match. Um, second half especially was an absolute blast. Oh, man. It was so great. Um, the chemistry between yeah, this all four of these so guys good. is it's incredible. So, so we go to commercial. We come back. Lucha Brothers are in control. Kenny's selling his leg. And that's something JR was actually selling for Kenny like early in the match. Mm-hmm. He had a Charlie Horse or something. Amazing. Did, I could be completely wrong about this. Did Kenny, did you notice this? Did Kenny airbrush his butt gray? I feel like there was something there. They, these were tights that I've seen before that had some sort of elaborate thing on the butt, on the behind, and it was all grayed out. And you can see some sort of like mech design or tech design coming from like under the cheek. Mm-hmm. And it was seemed like fatal. You didn't notice that? Maybe as a situation. Oh, I didn't know if there was something that. like New Japan specific on it. No, those those are those are AEW tights. He didn't wear those in New Japan. I don't know. The only thing I think of, but I don't remember him ever doing this. Is sometimes wrestlers will wear the pants, mm-hmm, yeah, and then they'll wear trunks over the pants. Yeah, but I remember him ever doing that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. It really was know. one of those weird notice. things I just sort of paid attention to because I, I was looking at his ass. Um. So he, uh, Kenny hits the Pentagon with the tornado DDT. Uh, Page is tagged in. He starts taking the Pentagon Jr. And so Kenny and, and Page have that move where Kenny will toss someone to Page and he'll hit him with a German suplex. And I think he does that to Penta. So the, he, they try to do that to, to Ray Phoenix. Instead, Ray spins in midair and then hits Page with a cutter. Yeah. I about lost my stuff when Dude, that happened. I know. It's and great. then Penta flies in out of nowhere mm-hmm. and hits Kenny with a destroyer. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And it was like a full speed running. Dist- oh, man, it was so cool. It was great. So Penta and Kenny are out brawling on the apron. Uh, Penta eats a V trigger. And then uh, Phoenix does the walking on the ropes kick to Kenny. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Penta tries for a package pile driver on the apron, which I think he actually did it during the match at All In. Yeah, he did, yeah. And then Kenny fights it off, backdrops him. Ray Phoenix then comes flying in off the springboard off the ropes, run as Kenny to the floor, mm-hmm. and then Paige comes off the top, hits Ray Phoenix with the moonsault. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Paige and Kenny set for the buckshot lariat with Kenny holding Phoenix. Phoenix moves, so Paige nails Kenny. Um, Phoenix sends Hangman from the ring, hits a corkscrew planche on, on him. Penta hits Penta driver on Kenny, gets a two. And yeah. You know, when you have the, the situation where a tag team – and it's happened several times with Kenny and Page where it seems like they're not exactly on the same page. Double team move goes wrong. You always mm-hmm. think, uh, oh, this could be one of those situations where some, well, granted for them, it's not necessarily a fluke thing, but fluke thing happens and they could lose because of some fluke thing. Mm-hmm. We still have one more week before evolution. <coughs> they can always get the belts back. Um, and so Kenny kicks out. Lucha Brothers go for their finish. Kenny escapes that. Uh, he drops Penta with a Snapdragon. Uh, Phoenix jumps off the top ropes, does a 360, mm-hmm. and then Kenny drops him with a V-trigger. Uh, follows with the J-driller, gets a two-count, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny tries for a one-winged angel on Phoenix. He gets out of that. 
Page tags himself in. And, and it was it, the, the finish of this match was, was so quick. So seamless. So seamless. Yeah. Within the flow of whatever was going on. Yeah. And it, was, it felt like it was out of nowhere, but perfectly set up. Yeah. Because Phoenix, like, had the advantage for a split second. Kenny turns around on him as Paige flips in for his so uh, lariat. It was so good. And they do the combo thing. It oh, really it was good. beautiful. It was so beautiful. So Kenny and Hangman uh, retain, of course. Young Bucks beat Get out of here with that. Walk young in. Bucks. So Paige is kind of lingering in one corner. And Young Bucks are in there helping Kenny up. And Paige's like, this is my partner. Mm-hmm. So he comes and grabs Kenny's other arm and kind of pulls him in, up. And Kenny gets on his feet, and he kind of pulls his arm away from the Young Bucks, and, and it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And it didn't, they didn't belabor the point. Yeah. It's just a little thing. Yeah. Where it's like the first time we've seen Kenny annoyed with the Young Bucks. Yeah. And I get, thought it was great. Yeah, get back. Yeah. It's annoying. And so Paige, I, I think just he saw that, and he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go grab a beer. <laughs> and so he yeah. leaves. Yeah. And so he takes a giant, large beer, so in the crowd, downs it. Yeah, and he was done with that, and he just started yelling at everybody, give me another one, give me another one. Yeah. He finds one with like a little bit in it. And, uh, he didn't really drink that one, and he goes back up towards the crowd, and the guy has like a full, yeah. like an amber ale. Yeah. And he trades that one and leaves with that. I don't think he drank from it. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of just want to see Hangman. I get what you're saying. It was a really good little moment. Uh, I just want to see I just want to see Hangman lay those dudes out, though. I'm so tired of them. Get back. like, Or if you're going to come in, like have your standard. Hey, we're we're the we're the contenders, you know. Jaw a little bit. Start the start the mind games. I mean, maybe that is part of their mind games. But I think there's just surface. It's just you know them liking Kenny and being you know happy for their friend, but also being no. kind of oblivious that Hangman's kind of over yeah. their, their stuff. Yeah. Or if they aren't oblivious to it, uh, they don't care. What They're not respectful it, of which it, makes it, which worse. is worse. Which makes it way exactly. worse. Exactly. Uh, before we get to the main event, there is a, a really cool Cody MGF Wardlow video package. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wardlow comes out first for the cage match. JR made, the cage is huge. It's legit huge. It's basically hell in a cell yeah, without a roof. Yeah, it's massive. It's massive. Yeah. Uh, Wardlow comes out first. He's got uh, 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 explosions, um, like uh, like a bomb test footage <laughs> in his in his video Tron. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and he's enormous. Yeah, he's a huge guy. He's enormous. He's a big, big guy. Meltzer said he's six three, two sixty five. Yeah, that's what Jared was saying. Yeah, and an AEW that makes you like six eight, basically. I know. You know. I know. I mean, Ken, or sorry, uh, Cody's not a small dude either. Right. Yeah. He's probably six two, mm-hmm, yeah. like two twenty five. Yeah. But just Wardlow's thick. He's, yeah, big dude. And Wardlow comported himself like. As well as to be expected. I thought this was a wonderful debut for him. Totally I thought it was. was really good. And His then, character work was great. He was vicious. Yeah. He was tossing Cody around. Very athletic. He mm-hmm. moved really well. Yeah, the Swanton looked great. Yeah. This is a big, big moment. Like, this is a, obviously the biggest match by far of his career. Yeah. Like, to come in, no matches for, you know, how many or months or whatever, and then have this main event in Atlanta against Cody, you know, and, and then <coughs> with that finish... So Cody, Cody got opened up pretty early in this match. There yeah. were some really creative uses of the cage as oh, well. Oh, when they when, well, I like the cage because it, it, it it's not like Hell in a Cell where there's like two and a half feet between. There was like the ring and where the cage like a meets foot the ground. maybe a not even that like yeah. eight inches. And Cody ended up like pancakes between the, and Wardlow the cage. was smashing him the cage. Against that was good, that was yeah. Great. And then all the stuff on the outside with Arn and MJF and Brandy and Brandy. Arn at one point like threw the cage back at the door. Well, it was back great because Cody's Cody gets tossed into the door by Wardlow, and so the door opens, mm-hmm. and MJF comes over and says, "What are you gonna do, Arn? Do it." 
Slam his head with the door like he did his dad. Yeah, yeah. That was great. That was really good, yeah. And then the promo afterwards. Uh, he mentions uh, that. Um, he mentions, he says something like, oh, uh, to Arn, like, oh, it was, it was in this town where you you, you broke my dad's leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he kind of shrugs it off, and it was it was funny. Nice little chuckle there. But yeah, then the, yeah, that's all the stuff with MJF was great. It was cool to see Brandy back and out. I'm telling you, man, you got to admit, that ring is damn validated. The the diamond yeah, yeah. the diamond dozen ring. Yeah. They have done such a great well, job. They utilize it for storylines and it has a purpose. My only thing yeah. is like, what's the purpose of it? I don't know what the purpose is. Yeah. Because you have an expensive ring in your finger. I don't care. Give me a reason for it. And they have a reason really, for it. It harkens really back to nice Cody's ring. kiss the ring thing in Ring of Honor. It's a really great it's ring. It's being used. I don't care if it's a great ring. Yeah. In terms of my wrestling programming. Don't care. Yeah. They're using it in storyline and they're, it's, it's a direct reference to Cody doing the kiss the ring thing it's in Ring really of Honor. Good looking ring, though. Solid Again, looking ring. I don't ring. care. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I'm not a jeweler guy. See? Yeah. I'm married. I don't even wear my wedding ring. I know it's weird. Because it's heavy. It's fucking heavy. Oh, yeah. sorry. It's really heavy. Whoa, wow. It's super heavy. Inappropriate for language. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's really yeah, heavy. I thought, it, I thought it was really terrific, and that came into play here as well. Uh, I like how the Wardlow calls is finish the F10. Uh, yeah, that's cheesy. Um, it is like a super F5. Yeah, but you don't want to reference that stuff, man. Live it, do, be new. All right, be new. Do your own thing. That's what you want to do. That was pretty great. I'll be honest with you. So as expected, Wardlow's jacked and huge, so he's tossing Cody around the ring, bust him open quick, pretty quickly, toss him into the cage, power bombing into the cage, trapping him between cage and ring, slamming cage on Cody. Yeah. Uh, Cody's getting that baby face heat, bleeding all over the place. Um, and then, uh, uh, so I said, Wardlow slams Kenny in the, or Cody in the door, door flies open, MJF approaches, tells Arn to hit Cody in the head, like he did his daddy. Instead, Arn hits uh, uh, MJF with the, the door of the cage. We're back in the ring. Wardlow goes for a power bomb. Cody escapes, hits a bunch of clotheslines, last of which finally drops Wardlow, tosses Wardlow in the cage, hits a power slam, gets a two count. Uh, so he goes up top. Cody does. Wardlow punches him, picks him up, military presses him, uh, and tosses him to the cage. Wardlow up top, hits a great look at Swanton. Mm-hmm. Cody kicks out, and that's when MJF passes Wardlow the ring. Uh, Cody kicks Wardlow in the balls because uh, Wardlow had done that to Cody earlier. Mm-hmm, yeah, takes the ring and MJF's like, "Oh hell, this is bad." He starts climbing up the, one of the pillars of the cage. Yeah, Brandy then comes in, hits him with a chair. MJF gets down, no sells he, it. He, yeah, he like throws the chair and he's like balls up his fist. Arn comes in and tosses him over the barricade. Yeah, so uh, uh, Cody punches Wardlow with the ring, hits crossroad. Uh, Wardlow kicks out. Yeah, he got hit with a ring and crossroads. I know. And he kicked kicked out, out of that. That's strong. Man. I know. That's and super then strong. Cody climbs to the top of the cage. Doesn't wait a beat. Doesn't wait a beat. He gets up there and as if he's just anxious to do it, Moon get salt. it done. Well, don't that's what think he said about it. After the show, he, he says, "You think I'm going to have this cage in my hometown and not jump off it?" He was itching to do that. So, so he was either itching to do it, either he was so excited to do it. Meltzer's take. It was so high he didn't want to think about it. That could be. I because, wouldn't blame him. Because it, that was a massive cage. It was a cage. massive cage. Yeah. And then Wardlow did what he could. According to Meltzer, it was supposed to be a crossbody. You know, he's supposed to basically take it all. Yeah. That's dangerous. Wardlow, I thought, and I don't know, and who knows? I don't know if you can, I don't know how, I'm not a wrestler. I was, so I, was, I don't know how you can properly adjust for a guy falling that far down. That fast. That fast. But he 
he he broke the fall as much as he could with seemingly arm, yeah. with his arm basically. And Cody landed knee, knees first. Yeah. Yeah. Which probably still hurt, but I think he wears knee pads. Maybe I hope he does. Oh god, I hope so. Yeah. Cuz goddamn that looked like it hurt. I know. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, I'm Nolan Sykes, a host of Past Gas, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Every week, my co-hosts, James Pumphrey, Joe Weber, and I bring you some of our favorite stories from the hollowed halls of car history. From the amazing to the weird to the utterly unforgettable moments, we cover it all. Join us as we take a look at the wild stories and larger-than-life characters behind legendary cars and car makers. So if you love cars or just like a good story, check out Past Gas by Donut Media, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Because so he jumps off, he does his flip early, mm-hmm. and so excuse me, for, he's like starting to rotate a bit more, kind of, yeah, because yeah. he's he lands knees first, but like for two thirds of his fall, he's like belly flopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're low, stuck at our mountain, kind of broke the fall that way. And if he has to, I mean, he has to eat something because that got the pin. Yeah, that Cody was the finish. Gets a, yeah, it was right into the finish. Cody gets the pin. Anyways, it was a great spot, dramatic as all hell. Yeah, impactful. Yeah. And yeah, no hesitation. As soon as that gets that two count, all right. He looks up. It's like, all right, got to do this. Yeah. This is how I got to win this match. Yeah. Goes up, does it, and that's it. And, gets the pin. and, then, and then he goes back up to the top for like a celebration. And it comes down. And after the show, the AEW posted the video on, on Twitter. Yeah. Blair's a great promo saying it was, I guess, 200 feet away on the street called Baker Street near. Because uh, I think where the Phillips Arena is now is where the Omni was, which mm-hmm. is where uh, like the Atlanta Hawks used to play throughout the 80s. And I guess I'm sure they had tons of huge wrestling shows. And he talks about how uh, he was there with his dad and he saw Sting walk out, you know, back where like the where the wrestlers would come and, and uh, enter and exit the arena. And Sting came out and got a huge reception from the fans that were waiting there. And he was about, Cody's about to go out there and his dad holds him back and says, hey, don't steal in the man's pop. Mm-hmm. And so I guess they wait, Sting leaves, and then Dusty walks out. And Cody's like, I want to thank you for giving him a huge reaction. And he says, that was like the moment where I decided I want to be a wrestler. I didn't know what wrestling was, but I knew I wanted to, like, seeing the reaction my dad got, I wanted that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and talked about, you know, growing up wrestling and so on and so forth and said that, you know, uh, the fans were always hard on him and he appreciated that because it made him get better. Mm-hmm. So it was really good. Good promise. <coughs> yeah, no, it was Cody's awesome. fantastic. It was great. Fun match, like hell of a show, and almost crying. And stuff. Yeah, man, it was great. It was really good. 
Good stuff. Great stuff. Oh, we got a new channel member, Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> Is that actually Tim Allen? I don't know. Uh, Noor Gangi <laughs> says YouTube turning heel and been unsubscribed again. No, I don't. I did not see a uh, notification for today's live stream. I, 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 did you get a notification for yesterday's news brief? I think I did. Oh, did, they, right. did they unsub me? I think I did. Let me double check here. All right. Uh, read some more. Uh, Joshua Martinez. Love that pop for Darby. So glad for him. Yeah, man. Love that Joker. Yeah, man. I know. It's awesome. Even he's, he's like, dude doesn't have to win a ton of matches, but thanks to his own charisma, thanks to being put in really good spots, win or lose, yeah, he's getting over. Hey, he's getting that mid-card title, by the way. Uh, Nikhil. Oh, let me ask you this real quick. Uh-huh. So, my thought right now, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I know who's going to win all the other matches at Revolution. Mox is going to win. Uh-huh. Bucks are probably going to win. Um, I don't know. You think that's a toss-up? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Hager's going to win. Yeah. Darby Allen's got to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cody. No, MJF has to win that match. Cody's very so. I my 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 thought right now is last night was Cody's win. Yeah, that was his big thing. That being said, he's also very old school, and old school is the the good guy gets beat up and beat up and beat up and beat up, and then he prevails in the end. Yeah, but this isn't the end. Revolution is not the end. You don't think that's the end of Cody MJF? No. No, I think this is going to be a story that's going to encompass years. Well, they might go back around to it. Yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. going to have a it's match not going to be every continuous. But that's yeah. the thing is, it's you know like Dusty and Ric Flair. That wasn't one yeah, years but, long. But feud. the build to this has been so it's been so one sided up until now, anyways, with the lashes and the you can't yeah. touch me kind of yeah. stuff. And I mean MJF, he's been tossed in a pool and stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I, that's more of a toss-up. I'm more confident in the Bucks winning than I am Cody MJF. I just don't know right now. I, I just feel like in terms of – like I just feel like MJF will win, but he is going to cheat to win. Yeah. It's definitely not going to be a clean win. Yeah. Because I think right now the, it's, it's all about getting max heat on MJF. And I don't think they've they've maxed that out yet. If it's literally a situation where Cody's on the verge of winning, and then something happens, MJF cheats, yeah, sneaks away with a win. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I got to think about it more. Uh, curious, got, to, curious to hear what the friends think. You got to think on that. Uh, Nick Kyle, if AEW had a mid card title, what would you name it? Uh, if AEW had a mid card title, what would you name it? I don't know. The Darby Allen Award. The award. Um, I mean, NWA has a TV title. I don't really want a TV title. Cody said they're going to do something new. Well, yeah, different. Yeah, different. Something take. different. Um, <laughs> he said he also said he would expect the announcement on that when they announced the third hour. Yeah. So I don't necessarily, I didn't take that as it, those two things are going to be tied. But what if it is essentially like a dark title? You know, we've joked about being in the main event of main event. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If it was up to me, uh, let's see. There's already a North American title, U.S. title. We got an intercontinental title. Um, I got nothing. My creative mind is, is coming up empty, man. What do you got for me? 
Hospital. Uh, Lena Bliss uh, says the figures guy. Also, why is Brandon getting one? Yeah, we didn't mention the little commercial. Oh man, the, there is a terrific the, the toys. AW Holy toys. crap! They look phenomenal. Did they uh, take some stem cells out of Kenny for that face of his? It uh, was the literally Young it's Bucks ones were dead, dead on. on. Dead on. Just really good job with the action figures, and I like they had a little stop motion little videos. That was great. Everything about that was great. Cody with the sledgehammer doing yeah. this. Cody marking out when he saw it. He's such a nerd. It's great. He marked, he, I, he marked out huge when he saw Brandy's too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And she seemed emotional about it. Yeah. Kenny seemed like a little kid with his. Yeah. So did the Bucks. Yeah, no, I thought it was terrific. Jericho was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> he, not his first rodeo when it comes to the toys. No, he's had plenty. Plenty. Oh, yeah, you even got the boots on there. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> here, you go. here you go. Gives yeah. it back to I the know. guy. I know. Jericho one looked great, too. They all look great. He's like, here you go. Uh, have you ever heard of flat earth theory? <laughs> oh, man. Jericho needs to stop with that flat earth stuff. Man. Well, the, his latest one is, like, way worse. Uh, it was the coronavirus with the oh, satanic government thing. Oh, man. It, uh, so, mm -hmm. like, there's a, is, there, is there a fine line between Art Bell and Alex Jones? <laughs> <laughs> like the flat earth stuff's ridiculous, but ultimately, I don't know. I kind of feel like kind of harmless. It's pretty harmless, yeah. If that's although apparently Cobb Cobb is a flat earther. Oh bummer. I don't know. I, I read something online where it was an interview bit. It maybe was completely fake. I don't know. I should yeah. not say that. I should yeah, not say yeah. that. Um, like if that's the extent of your conspiracy theory thinking goes, all right. I mean, it's it's. I mean, just it's obviously not the earth is round this is this goddamn <laughs> sphere in space we know this yeah so but yeah, if what do they think all the other planets are like do they look at the obvious like shadow like the shading of like you know because you can literally get a telescope i mean hell you can even look up and see the, the thing called the moon yeah it's right there and there's a reason why it's not all like bright uh right the whole time yeah it's the phase of the moon. Yeah. In fact, uh, there's a, one day a new moon where you don't see it at all. Guess why? Because it's in the shadow of the Earth. Right. Exactly. But like you can you can look through a telescope yourself. Yeah. And see like Jupiter yeah. or a Mars or whatever. I don't yeah. Know or Venus. You, yeah. Stuff like Venus that. Venus is the brightest one, I believe. And you can see clearly. Joshua Martinez says Cobb said I'm willing to discuss flat Earth. Yeah. Okay. So that was that real? Was that actually real? So I, what what <coughs> the line that I got from him was something like. You know, we're told all this stuff when we're kids, but I've never seen, I've never been up there and seen it. I don't know, man. I don't know how to tell these people. I don't know either. But anyways, if that's the extent of your conspiracy theory talk, it's ridiculous. But whatever. It seems relatively harmless. Harmless. Uh, I'm trying to say that, you know, there's, there's uh, potential epidemics. So here's the that, here, that's been spawned by some shadow government. Here's the benefit of the doubt because even you were talking about how you were you saw like how the coronavirus is. Oh yeah, like the the. I mean, granted, you don't want to see anybody dying from any sort of, no, of disease whatsoever. But the way the coronavirus coronavirus has been portrayed, you'd think it was really deadly. Yeah. And I read a thing on CNN where it's like the fatality rate's two percent. Yeah. And yeah. like the flu is is more likely to get you. Yeah. Yeah. But so like maybe benefit of the doubt. Maybe Jericho understands that the coronavirus, as it's portrayed kind of in the media, Granted, is a bit overblown. It could be. And, and, and so it, he can joke about it a little bit. Maybe, but there's a, there's joking about it and there's... If he starts going on an anti-vax thing, then I'll have a major well, problem. Well, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, he's got a pretty significantly large platform. Yeah. And it's one thing to have a, a legitimate, serious discussion with a medical professional yeah. about the threat genuinely posed by 
you know, whatever, you know, would be a virus or whatnot. That's a good conversation to have. Yeah, sure. To have some. It's not as fun believes, as talking about the satanic government, though. But to have someone come in talking about some satanic government BS yeah. in relation to uh, uh, the coronavirus, whether it's 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 super deadly or not, it is taking people's lives. That's serious business. Yeah, sure. And to trivialize it and to give a platform to people spewing their nonsense, even if it's just to hear them out, mm-hmm. it's kind of irresponsible. Yeah, I know, I know, but I wonder if if he's going so far with the with with the ridiculousness of it. I that it really this particular sh- episode. But oh, I, sure. I I haven't listened to this one, but I did, did listen to the one that was the dude on there about the reptilian government. Yeah, and I didn't get the sense that he was <laughs> having them on there to make fun of them. <laughs> Even the idea that he's talking about reptilian government isn't inherently just. <laughs> I don't recall listening. I recall listening to that one being like, geez, yeah. man. Yeah, okay. Really? About reptilian government? Yeah. I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, do so. All right. Anyways. Uh, more so, questions. But, you know, I've, I've only read the description of that particular episode. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to it, so, you know, based on the description, it doesn't, it doesn't, the appearances aren't great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, reserve judgment until... Uh, uh, fully until actually listening to it. Cause maybe it is a situation where he has people on and listens to him. It's like, all right, well here's whole one through a billion in the story of yours. Yeah. I didn't get that from, the I haven't gotten that he's doing that though. Yeah. I haven't gotten that he's doing that. I get the feeling that he's letting some of these people like actually speak to him. <laughs> like <laughs> he's all about flat earth now. So like he makes some really good points. I mean, I especially while the, while the coronavirus thing is still going on. Yeah, I know. I know. You, you don't know. want to make light of that. So. No, you don't. You know, whether it's is, 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 is poses as much of a danger as, as it's been potentially portrayed or not. Mm. It's still something to take seriously. Yeah. Hafty, uh, in the discord, what does it say about the talent level in AEW that Cody didn't look back on his cage spot before his jump off the top? That's trust. That's a ton of trust. It's, hey, I don't care where you are. You better be paying attention right now. Yeah. I'm about to jump off this yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. DJ Booty Dan says, my only issue with the show is that a lot of finisher spots were missed by camera angles. Do you think they're all still struggling to get production all straightened out? Uh, I did not have that issue with last night's show. And in fact, this uh, this one and last week's, I thought were actually pretty well. Yeah. I, 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 I can't seen think any of issues. any finished spots that were missed on either show. I'd complain about it if I saw it. Uh, let's see here. Jimmy Thomas. The other interviewer is Lexi Nair, who is DDP's daughter. I had heard they were bringing her in. I didn't know that that was, that was her no idea. That's interesting. No uh, Josh Martinez says Bo Dallas believes in stupid stuff like Sandy hook being staged again. That's really irresponsible. Oh, that's, that's, that's the worst. That's, that's the, I really hate people who think that Sandy hook was staged. I hate people. I don't hate a lot of people, man, but if you think a bunch of kids dying is something to take light or to mm-hmm. say that it was staged or they're actors. The pain of can, parents who have lost children. Seriously, you've already used this word. You can fuck right off. You can fuck right off with that because it pisses me off. Those poor little kids and those poor parents have mm-hmm. to deal with this filth online saying that it was staged. You can fuck off with that. That Man, that gets my yeah, blood boiling. That really makes me upset, too. Anyway, Steve Klein, if you're the head of recruitment, and that being said, if you're the head of recruitment in the Dark Order, Larson, what would be your best recruitment strategy? <laughs> uh, all the fringe benefits that Dark Order has to offer. Oh, health benefits. Man. Exactly. Absolutely. So I'm talking yeah. about health benefits, 
uh, workers comp, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. All all the stuff that AEW that the that the word going around they're going to offer their their talent their talents. Heck, you're not just a member of the Dark Order. You're an employee. Yeah, you're a, a employee owner of the corporation. Yeah, we're still. Uh, yeah, we're we're looking at unionizing. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Tommy Cat. Uh, he says, I've been tough on AEW commentary. This is their best show to date. AEW is not afraid to evolve. I mean, look, man, we said that from before TV started, this is going to be a process. And they really seem to be, they really seem to be getting whatever's going on backstage creatively. They're figuring out whatever roles are, are, are you know, mm-hmm. hey, this is some weaker spots. And here's the thing about that is that, when things aren't working, look, everything that that everything in creative is somebody's idea. Yeah. And people have egos. And to say, hey, the Nightmare Collective isn't working. Whoever's idea that was was Kenny's, Brandy's, whoever's. Yeah. Nightmare Collective isn't working. We're scrapping it. And they pulled the trigger on that like immediately. Yeah, it was only a matter of weeks. Yeah. And that's somebody's ego. Hey, man, I thought of that idea. Yeah. They got to deal with that, you know? Randy just, I don't know what the interview was. I saw on Twitter that, that she said, I promised that I wouldn't be at the forefront of the women's division, and maybe yeah. it was a situation where, um, I don't know. Let's say, for example, and we don't know this stuff. We don't know. But let's say, for example, Kenny is the guy in totally totally in charge of the women's division. Yeah. And he said, Brandy, I know you said that, but I think it'd be really strong if I had you at the head of this, yeah. you know, uh, women-centric yeah, faction. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's a cool idea and you're going to be a bad guy. Um, and then it didn't work. I mean, that's, that's a big, that's, that's a, that could potentially for, for people with bigger egos to say, no, we're going to ram this down their throats. This is going to work. We're going to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just, they scrapped it. Rather they move realizing on. that it's not going to work and it yeah. isn't working. Uh, yeah. Shaq four, six, two Darby, Darby Allen's the next Sabu. I don't feel like he's nearly as reckless as Sabu was. I think he's the with next, his own body. He's the next thing. Uh, Ryan Armstrong here in chat makes a good point. Also, it was reported that Austin Aries was backstage at AEW. Oh, I didn't hear that. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp said that uh, he had heard from some of the talent that some people were a little uneasy about his mere presence, mm-hmm. even though apparently he was just there to visit and shake some hands. But, you know, one thing could always lead to another. Uh, so that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Ryan Armstrong says he came to the arena with DDP. Uh, well, there you go. Oh, yeah, and he was, that's right, he was espousing the virtue of DDP yoga, as everybody does. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah. I'm not, I, I, I've always been a fan of Austin Aries, but I also understand that he's, he hasn't always been the most, uh, the, the best uh, influence backstage, yeah. you know? That's the reputation. That's the reputation. I'm not backstage, I don't know, but that's what we've heard. Um, from like many, many, many sources, even himself. He said that himself. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, do I need to see him in AEW? <coughs> I don't know. I, he's, he's, I think they got a good crew right now. They do. You know, they do. And you got to, you know, anticipate. That's a good, Sean Lindsay says Darby Allen's more like Jeff Hardy. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good uh, Brody Lee, potentially Brian Cage um, coming in as well. And I'd much rather have AEW focus on, on those guys than Austin Aries, who's, had a long, great career, but he's on the downside of that. Yeah, sure. Whereas Brody Lee, I kind of feel like, yeah, he's been around for a, a number of years, but I don't feel like there's a whole lot of tread in those tires, you know? Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of unexplored potential there. Yeah. 
Uh, Trick D asks, what would be worse? What would be worse? Mm-hmm. Drew getting jobbed out in a standard Brock match, 1F5. Yeah. At Mania, or AEW getting the new announced team of JR and Lawler. Ladder. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. I think the first one might actually happen. Yeah, the chance it will happen. I'm emotionally preparing myself for that. Totally. Uh, Doc Hensler. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he has two questions. They're both good, so I'll read them both. AEW's first steel cage match was great. What other first type matches are y'all excited for in AEW? He says, is it wrong of me to want an awesome gauntlet no, match? No, because gauntlet matches are usually awesome. They're great. Like, beat the clock challenge. Uh, it would also be great. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but here's the thing. I really love that they they tweak the rules to the cage match to fit the story. Um, I mean, that's probably going to be the rule from now on for the steel cage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. Yeah. I think, you know, it's okay to make changes to tradition. Totally. To move forward. I know Cody wants to do some sort of uh, war games type thing. Yeah. Match beyond. The match beyond. So I'd like to see what kind of, how they tweak it to kind of yeah. make it their own. Doc Henzel also says it'll be almost four months or so since AEW's last pay-per-view when Revolution hits. Is four per year a good amount? Should they lessen it? I wish the Jericho Mox match would have happened already. No, I think quarterly pay-per-views are perfect because I feel like it makes weekly TV more meaningful. Because yeah. last night, in a lot of ways, felt like, I don't know if you could have said it was, it was basically pay-per-view light with that main event, the cage match. I agree. The quality of matches across the board. Yeah, I agree. Storyline developments. It was like a wild card final. Yeah. And I think if you have more regular pay-per-views, it's going to potentially lessen the opportunities for TV to have matches of that quality. Uh, this sort of speaks to what we were talking about a moment ago. Andrew Bates says, uh, this is the best episode of AEW so far. Is Tony Khan being more involved allegedly making things better or has AEW finally found their identity and are thriving in it. I would suggest that um, it could be both. It could be a, a situation where, you know, all the EVPs still have their say. I think the, I think just generally speaking, the relationships have probably settled into a groove. Mm-hmm. People know their roles. People are com- getting comfortable creatively speaking with you know who's leading what yeah who has the final say from what we've heard it's been tony khan and he's been more vocal with his own ideas um so it, it just seems like the relationships creatively backstage um people seem to be on the same page yeah that translates to the tv yeah uh let's see here uh uh, Bobby Rivera has an interesting question. You guys think it's coincidence that Brody Lee slash Luke Harper used those two last names because he's a fan of the book To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, written by Harper Lee. Brody Lee, that's from... Isn't that... Oh, it's it's uh, Jason Lee and Brody's character from Mallrats mashed together. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. And I'm guessing uh, he had no say in what his name was in WWE. That would be rad if he was a Harper Lee fan. <laughs> That'd be something else if he was, you know. You really just, like To Kill a Mockingbird? Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the Boo Radley, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That would be a great wrestling name right there, Boo Radley. That would be a good name. <laughs> you know played him in the movie? Yeah, Robert Duvall. Yes. Yeah. For a second, I was going to say Richard Dreyfuss, but you're right. <laughs> Robert Duvall. <laughs> Dreyfuss. <laughs> Nobody you're likes thinking, me. You're thinking of uh, down Jaws. <laughs> I'll say down out in Beverly Hills. Uh, yeah, there you when go. When homeless Nick Nolte falls into a swimming pool. 
<laughs> Boy, that's an obscure reference. Yeah. He was also, he also had one line. Dreyfus had one line in The Graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm remembering that. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, last one here. Thomas Dunnigan. <laughs> I love the idea of quarterly pay-per-views for AEW, but would you like the idea of midpoint specials on Dynamite like Bash at the Beach? Yeah, absolutely. Bring back, uh, why didn't you get the, uh, oh, WWE uses the Clash of Champions. Do something like Clash of Champions. Yeah. Where it's like a paper, it's like you build to it, you know, but it's just on TV. So, well, I mean, like if, if you put some title. Bash on- at the Beach was great. Yeah, Cody, I think, just said that he won't be using that again. That's a bummer. I think just because he says, I think he said all but one of the trademarks he has, he probably won't, they won't, probably won't use again because WB is being a jerk about it. Oh, really? That was the inference. Well, you know what, man? It pays to be new. Yeah. Okay, hold on. At 10-11. Oh, we did. Yeah, okay, so I got a notification. I got an email notification, but I didn't get the pop-up notification mm. on my phone. Mm. That's weird. Weird. Yeah, anyways. Uh, one hour from now, we'll be going live. About 45 minutes from now. Yeah, around noon. We'll be going live with our NXT review. Yes. Um, and we'll talk about um, the impossible... Uh, that they're that, that that they're maybe discussing talking about uh, Champa versus uh, Gargano loser leave town. Maybe we have one more super chat. Here oh, from, cool for Maggie. Maggie. Uh, yesterday was my first ever non WB show. Holy cow! What a show! Besides the obvious, shout out to Luchasaurus. Super entertaining and super over. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's great. He is great. Um, yeah, that would have been a hell of a show to be at last night. Heck yeah, man. So yeah, good stuff. Anyways, thanks everybody for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.